Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to these go to 11. Once again, I'm Nathan Bell. Joining me as always, Zach Bartle. Zach, what's going on, man? You couldn't leave well enough alone, could you? <laughs> well, now you're going to pay. Nice, nice. Dude, little, so. Little call ahead reference to a joke we haven't made. It will make two weeks from now. I know, I know. What's going gonna on? Be, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Excited for it. Um, we're going to have uh, Dutcher back on in a couple weeks. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk all things Halloween. Looking forward to it. It's actually um, we we have certain ones that we do on the podcast um, all the time, and you know Halloween is one that we just love doing every year because we always find some new angle to kind of hit it from, and um, or we have a new guest on to talk about some things. And instead of having a new guest on, we're gonna have a new co-host on to talk about these things. So. It's going to be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward Wait, to that Wait, who's one. that? We're getting another co-host? You. What's going on? You haven't been on to talk about Halloween with us before. I don't feel like I'm new anymore. Well, that's I, true. That's I've got true. quite a history with the program. That is true. Going back years. That but, is right. true. It's like when uh, they still called it New Girl in the eighth that's season. Right. And I'm like, this woman has lived with these roommates now for eight, eight years. years. I don't think she's a new girl anymore. Nor is she a girl in that she's like 41. Right. <laughs> Using the term loosely. <laughs> Welcome back, Cotter. Uh, well, you're still welcoming him back when he's been teaching there again for like seven years? Really? <laughs> oh, man. But still excited because uh, we haven't talked Halloween yet. So, yes. Not We've talked new, Christmas at Halloween. But we we have. haven't talked Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe this year we can talk Halloween at Christmas. Oh my gosh, The Nightmare Before Christmas, which I think is super overrated, unpopular opinion. <laughs> I, You know, I don't, um, it's funny because I remember seeing that movie when I was younger, um, but I don't remember being particularly like drawn to it one way or the other. Like, it's a movie that I think I could go back and watch and I'd be like, hey, that's pretty fun, but it's not one, I know people who are drawn to that like every year. Um, yeah, yeah, that's the big tradition. And, and I mean, you can't ever understand that. It's always related to the place in life the first few times you watched it and a, a season of life, not the movie itself. Right, right. Yeah, that's true. That's fair enough. Actually, but Nathan, movie, have you ever thought about this, man? What's that? Everything you've ever done uh-huh. was when you were younger. That is true. Deep, man. Dude, you're going deep on this podcast. Oh, I don't know if well, my brain can handle Well, you know, they legalized it. marijuana up here, so... <laughs> I'm getting all heady, man. I'm getting all heady. <laughs> what if we're actually just like marbles in a aliens? Oh wait, that's from an empire. <laughs> oh man. Well, before we uh, go too far into the bunny trail, um, we're, we're in theory going to get to a topic <laughs> that we've talked <laughs> about getting into for two weeks now. But before we do that, um, always want to give a shout out to uh, to Mission Aware. I'm sure they're going to do something pretty dope. I'm going to go ahead and email Jeff and see if I can get us a little promo code for Halloween. And you know, nice. I, don't, I know they don't have costumes and things like that, but hey, it's a holiday, and we want to promote stuff, and we want to uh, get. Stuff stuff and we want to give stuff and so i'm going to talk to him and see if we can uh, get a promo code but check out mission aware for all their great products they just put out um some new products i actually meant to look them up before i got on here uh and forgot um but you know it's mission aware so how bad could it be uh dude mission aware is basically amazon for christians that is yeah. okay Dude, so what I'm saying is if you're a Christian, you don't use Amazon. 
You use missional. That's right. Dude, that's spot on. That's awesome. I wonder if you can get this. Do you have access in your studio to the uh, worldwide information superhighway web? I don't because of the way I have my setup and everything. <laughs> if I if I click onto something else, I left my uh, I left my device that would allow me to do that out in the uh, out in the living room. Um, so yeah, no, I don't have it with me. But I don't know. Do you do you have access to that? Um. I guess. Hold on. I don't know. Um, I was Dude. just going to see if they're selling the smoking book yet. I sold. I, I sent him. I sold him uh, a, a bunch of them. We did okay. a, not a consignment, but an actual like traditional. I mean, which is what what booksellers want to do. He was very good to work with. Nice. Uh, but then I noticed they weren't really um, for sale yet. I know. What do you? What does our boy Jeff? He's a man of mystery. What does he do for his day job? Is that his? That can't be his thing. I. I his don't whole, know. Main I thing. mean, I. Yeah, see, I don't know if he's got something else going on, but I mean, I know that this stuff keeps him pretty busy because he's at, you know, all the all the different conferences and things that they have going on out there. I mean, he goes to the Doc and Devo thing that they do. I think, does, hasn't he been to uh, uh, Together for the Gospel and Gospel Coalition and stuff like that before too? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I mean I know I know it's a, a huge deal for him. Yeah. But my understanding, I, I assume he owns a gym or something based on his physique. <laughs> I, I, I have he I opened bench the right presses thing, all dude? the boxes. Oh, I opened Missionware. I'm going. Why oh. is there all this stuff about like water to end poverty and saving the planet? <laughs> I mean, I'm all on board with that, but that doesn't seem like his. <laughs> this doesn't seem like his shtick. <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. I thought maybe he was just expanding, which would be, you know, I mean, whatever he wants. It's his deal. He, um, he's merging oh, the, with uh, the thing on the front was growing a beard. Oh, that, that's such a great shirt. And the onesie man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. Yeah, those onesies are great. I, I remember checking those out. Those are those are awesome. So if you oh. know someone that's got a uh, a kid or someone who's having a kid or you're having a kid, definitely check those out. Nathan, I'm a little disappointed actually right now. Why? What's that? We, if you go to collabs, uh-huh. there's only one. These go to 11. Oh, he took What's the second about? one off? Come it's on. Gone. Did we offend you, Jeff? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> maybe he felt like he, uh, he, he uh, kept it up there long enough after having us not up there at all. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> the the gut check page is still just one t-shirt there's no there's no book that's hilarious one lovely simple t-shirt but you know uh, what i noticed about these go to 11's page what's that everything is completely murdered out at least that top row and half of the bottom like black everything's black Oh yeah, there's no, uh, there's no like cool. color or anything like that on there. Ah, we don't need, dude. This stark contrast, it's cool. We're, black we're a and black white. and white uh, worldview type con- uh, type uh, uh, podcast here. Anyway, we're on a mission from God, dude. I I really wouldn't mind having one of these uh, insulated mugs here. Those, those tumblers, yeah. Jeff, Jeff, <laughs> it's me, Zach. <laughs> me up with those mugs. <laughs> I don't ask for much. <laughs> I don't. I, I, you know, I didn't ask for anything, but he did give me two free T-shirts, so that's something. Well, there you go. <laughs> nice. Anyway, Mission Aware does a super spectacular job, yeah. and you know what? They've paid us in forever. For for will always uh, draw my gratitude is just um, a, a platform and mm. putting us there alongside 
uh, Doc and Devo and the yeah. Happy Rants and the Reform Pub. I mean, that's that's an honor. That's very yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, you know, those those guys, you know, I mean, they get they get tons. I mean, you know, we're talking, you know, hundreds of thousands of listens and downloads. I mean, you know, from Happy Rant, you know, you go on there and you look at their downloads in an episode. I mean, you know, and and same thing with all those other guys and I know I don't know why, but I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we didn't I didn't out of just spite, I didn't uh post a podcast on the other one on gut check for a month and a half. Right, right. And I uh, finally just popped up this half hour deal we had from like the middle of the night. It's funny. Oh it's, yeah, it's, I listened to it. It is. It's great. It's just stupid stuff, right? And it got way more listens. Boom, 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 right away, and way more likes and stuff. And I was like, you know, this this whole experiment has taught me to get maximum kind of reaction and interaction. Uh huh. You gotta keep the people wanting more. Yeah, it works for us, yeah. uh, you and I, to come out about every week. Yep. But uh, for some reason, and, and I guess it works for the Happy Rent too. But for some reason, me and Ted, we gotta we gotta keep the people, you know, their their stomachs growling, keep if them, you will. Keep them longing. Keep them longing. Yeah, I. Yeah. It's funny because I did. I listened to that one, and you guys have like, what is it like a five minute segment where you're like reading part of your book. And there's like all these like you're trying to figure out who said what, and you've both got like two different writings of yes. the, 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 and it was like three know. words were missing, and that's it. And it took so long for us to come to conclusion. I was laughing. Oh man, I couldn't stop laughing. It was great. It was great, dude. And I'm sorry tonight if I if I cough an awful lot. I have bronchitis at least. Oh. That was the. Uh, that was the official diagnosis from the probably not really a doctor, uh, medical assistant or whatever at the, the urgent care last right. night. But you Bronchitis are, at least. But Zach, you are a dedicated entertainer. You are a dedicated podcaster and you are here with us. And so Dude, I'm a radio professional. It. I'm showing up to work. That's man. right. That's right. You're not phoning it in. Well, I mean, you are phoning it in, but you're not phoning it in. I mean, <laughs> I'm skyping it in. There's a That's difference. Right. <laughs> and, and let me tell you, this this uh, doctor, he told me like four times I look good, like for your age or for your health. <laughs> no, like my appearance. Oh, okay. I mean, I had a tie and a jacket on, but I think the place was so swamped with just like slacker. College students, because I live right on top of Michigan State University, oh, okay. and uh, and they all wanted like notes that they didn't have to go to class. Because he offered me a, like a work note, and I'm like, no, nah, I kind of you know largely supervise myself day to day. Right. And I, uh, oh man, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 40. And he goes, Oh, you look good. And then he just kept saying it. <laughs> he said it one too many times. It went from being like a compliment to being creepy. <laughs> Maybe he was hoping you drop him your number or something. <laughs> Well, he had it. It's all in my, my Oh, man. So, hey, uh, Nathan, what's this topic you want to talk about? I, don't, I haven't heard really one about it. You never brought it up. I know, right? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Well, well you talk. I'm going to do something really unprofessional, and that is to go and turn off this overhead light that's blinding me. Nice. One moment. All right. Um, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was two weeks ago where, you know, we were trying to figure out what we were going to do, and... You know, you and I were right, talking, and all of a sudden, um, 
the topic that we initially thought we were going to do was going to be well actually no we had initially planned to do the um dragon prince and i was like oh well maybe that one will be like you know a 20 minute thing and then we'll do like 20 minutes about things that christians um either get too overworked about that they shouldn't or uh yeah that's just my phone so don't worry about it uh or things that Christians don't get worked up enough about and they should. And so, you know, for me, like two weeks ago when we did the Dragon Prince, I was like, oh, we should really do this. I think it'll be great. And then we ended up spending the whole episode talking about the Dragon Prince, which I thought was fantastic. And then we decided we'd go ahead and um, on the, and do it the next week. And then the next week, you had this other topic that you wanted to talk about, um, which was... It was like a fire in my bones, man. Yeah, yeah. and, and Social gospel. We were walking right down the, the freaking footprints of Schleiermacher and Rischel. That's right. <laughs> and and it, it ended up, I mean, I, I think it was great. I mean, you and I got off that one, and we were just kind of like, I think this is one of the best ones that we've done so far. This was just... It was great. And so um, I thought this week that we would see if we hit it. Um, you're like, yeah, I, I really haven't given a ton of thought to the topic, so we'll see how it goes. But I'm cool to flex. I've actually, Zach, I've got a timer on to see after I'm done talking here and setting this up if we actually get to it and how long we actually stay on it. So <laughs> this is like, did you ever, we, we, did you grow up in Baltimore or a small town? No, I grew up in a small town in New Hampshire. So you probably had that one business that like that, that one building in the business district that couldn't keep a, yes. like a like it's a Chinese restaurant yes. for nine yes. months then it's a frozen yogurt place. And, and then it goes back yeah, to we, being we a Chinese one. restaurant. It, was it just yes. turned over and over. This topic is that building. Dude. It is. <laughs> <laughs> let's make let's make it work, man. Let's put in like our little hot yoga studio. We're going to we're going to get out a business loan. We're going to put up signage. That's we're going right. to start a social media campaign. Listen, everybody. This is happening today. It will not become the laundromat, doggone it. <laughs> Let's always wind up something really sad, too. Oh, I know. Like, the, the end is like, the, the last thing it is is it's like, like something a, unspeakably sad. It's like the thing, like, you have, you have, you know, like, Dollar Tree or the Dollar yeah. Store, like, the upper crust one, but then you have, like, whatever the, the one underneath that is. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the Dollar Tree or Dollar General even or something. Yeah. And you're like, eh, okay. I mean, if I need a, you know, a toothbrush and I don't care if there's lead in it, I'll just run in there real quick. <laughs> and, and then it'll become like either like some kind of like government agency outpost <laughs> or, or like a, a – and now this is going to sound racist and I don't mean it to. And I acknowledge that it sounds racist. This is purely just what I have seen happen a few times. It will become – an oriental market, but not a nice one. There yes. are nice ones. Yeah. I, I, in fact, we shop semi-regularly at one that where you get stuff you can't get anywhere else. Bok choy or whatever, you know. Yep. You want to make pho, you got to go to a certain... But, but there are the dirty ones, just like there are the dirty, you know, American markets. Oh, yeah. There are the gross ones where you walk in and it smells like you just walked into the back of Petco. <laughs> and that's the, that's the ultimate destiny for that building, man. That's right. But it's not the ultimate that's destiny. That's not what we're going to do here. That's right. This topic's going to come back and it's going to be like a Five Guys or something. And everyone's going to love it. That's They're not right. going to remember those years when it was, you know, it was all that turnover. <laughs> oh, man. 
All right, let's see if we can hit it. I got the timer going. Here we go. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this was kind of, Zach, I, w- I was thinking about this just in light of, I, I look around on social media and I, I do my best to stay out of making comments on things. A lot of the stuff I post on Facebook is really just, uh, on my personal page, it's really kind of innocuous and, I, you know, it's funny, humorous, or it's like food stuff because I love food. So, you know, these, and you're always sending me uh, private messages about wanting to sell, I have a Cutco knives. You want (laughs) me to sell that under you? (laughs) That's right. I'm setting up a pyramid scheme. (laughs) You're my first. (laughs) That doesn't count as getting off topic. (laughs) Um, and so a lot of the times I'm, I'm looking at things and someone will post, a comment and it'll be something about a movie or it'll be something about politics or it'll be something about uh, even, even social things. You know, we, we spent a lot of time talking about that last week and I feel like you always have those trolls who are willing to jump in and start the first bit of barbing at whatever the person said or did on either side of the argument. And then all of a sudden it just snowballs into something absolutely ludicrous and ridiculous. And I started kind of looking at that and looking at the greater kind of scheme of, well, who's actually getting involved in a lot of these conversations? Is it, is it people who aren't believers or people who are believers? And it's a fair mix, but I noticed people who, you know, are saying that their believers are jumping into these things and they seem to be jumping in full force. And it just, it had me scratching my head going, is this really where we as Christians should be burning our credit for lack of a better word? Is this where we should be jumping in? Is this where we should be putting our efforts in and fighting against, um, in Facebook, in Twitter, in social media. Um, And, you know, I really, more and more I see these things, I'm just not seeing productive public conversations going on. And I feel like people are making mountains out of molehills in a lot of these instances. Do you you notice that? Do you find that at all when you're, when you're, um, kind of going through social media and and looking through things? Not a bit, man. What I see is mostly everybody is very even keeled. They (laughs) they don't get emotional. And every interaction actually moves the dialogue forward. A lot of minds are changed. A lot of perspectives are kind of widened and broadened. And people thank each other for it's, the opportunity to think about an opposing viewpoint. It's always what polite kind of people and cordial. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. And what's funny is I don't know if it's, you know, when you're born and live half your life with no such thing as the internet, and then you, in your, you know, by the time you've, you've already had a kid, by the time you're, you know, social media is a thing. I don't know if it's social media evolving mm-hmm. and maturing or if it's just me getting older and maturing. But it is very, very rare for me to, even if I see somebody like making a big deal out of something stupid and getting all upset, mm-hmm. I, I will rarely even like kind of dip in and say, guys, come on, maybe not, I, I'm not touching it. Yeah. I, it's, it's just poison. Yeah. It's going to drag down everyone who gets, it's, dude, it's Cora's rebellion, man. If you yeah. get close, this earth is going to swallow you up. So I don't, uh, 
I, I, I've been trying really hard to stay clear, steer clear, although I will, and this is probably sinful, I will read a stupid interaction that goes spinning out of control and get all sorts of kind of humorous <laughs> takeaway. And, and that's, I mean, it's, it, that's out of the, my basest instincts, but yeah, I, I, I see it everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. I, to me, I think one of the things that I see as, um, as just totally ble- being blown up out of proportion and, and going totally crazy and sideways is particularly, um, you know, I, I'm involved in a couple of different, um, media groups online. Um, you know, popcorn theology is one. And then there, there are a few others. Um, there's, uh, some gaming groups that I'm involved in. And I find it interesting how many times somebody will ask a question about something and immediately somebody feels the need to point out the, I, I, I mean, the quote-unquote wrong thing that they're doing in watching or playing such a thing. You know, I remember um, when, uh, you know, Deadpool came out and, you know, somebody was just asking a question, um, has, any, has anyone here seen Deadpool and what are your thoughts and everyone linked to the John Piper thing about yeah. why you shouldn't see it, even though yeah. he never did. Right. And, and that's exactly what happens. It's all of a sudden you have people jumping into the middle of these conversations where, A, they haven't seen it, or, or B, you're right, they're, they're linking it to people who haven't seen it, and, and they have their opinion and views on it. And, and I'm like, that's not even what this guy asked. You know, this guy simply asked if there were people who had seen it and what your thoughts are. And it's funny because then people will respond and say, oh, yeah, I saw it. I thought it was great. You know, um, the, you know, if, if you're sensitive to these things, just kind of watch out. But other than that, you know, enjoy type thing. And it's like then all of a sudden you have it de-evolving into, well, I can't believe you would watch that. And, and it, you know, it goes on and on and on. And. I'm looking at these things and and again primarily you have some people in these in these groups who aren't believers but you have a lot of them primarily who are. And I'm like why why are we making such a big deal out of out of these things and you know can't can't we just let the guy ask a question let somebody answer and then let this gentleman make up his own mind about whether or not he's going to see it. But that's not what's happening in a lot of cases, you know, and, and I'm bringing up this one specific instance with media and it happens all over the place with almost everything. Um, it, w- what are some things that you notice and see where people are kind of blowing something out of proportion that really shouldn't be or, or didn't even start that way? Well, I, I think anytime someone asks for a, a kind of balanced position or, or uh, insight into something that even tangentially elbows into the political arena, mm. it's just going to blow up into a partisan, you know, I mean, you're, you're one move from, does anyone know, you know, exactly what Proposition A means for our, you know, local county school board to, you know, Hillary's a 33rd degree Mason and blah, blah, blah. That, that's always going to happen. Yeah. Um, you know, what you're describing um, with the the games and the movies um, is is I tried to coin a term once, mm-hmm. which is to holify. Okay. And what it is, it's a phenomenon that I, I bump into it fairly regularly, 
in ordinary spoken conversation or usually internet social network type sites. And it, it means basically the whole of fire is a, it's kind of a relative of the story topper. Mm-hmm. You know, the story topper, yeah. you tell, you know, you've got this story, they've got a, you know, I, I got pulled over twice and well, I got pulled over nine times in one day. Right. Or, you know, they're a one upper, yeah. but in a spiritual sense. Yeah. So, you know, basically what they do is they can strike anytime, regardless of subject being discussed, mm-hmm. they spew this uber spiritual stuff and that's all. Mm-hmm. And it leaves the one being holified with the, the impression that I'm not holy enough mm. in how I've expressed myself or in, in what I'm consuming yeah. or what anything. And it, it's, it's very, it sounds absurd and random. And I wonder what the, the outsider who's not a believer even thinks of it, mm. but it can begin with just like a quip. Like, you know, do you, do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and you have access to my dementia? Right. Like I, you know, this is a, right. a, a quote from George Costanza. Yep. Um, you say that on Facebook and someone says, no, I thank God that I know him and I have access through him through Jesus Christ. Boom. Holified. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or you say, I, I hate it when people cut you off in traffic because they're texting and they're, or they're, they're eating or they're putting on makeup and they say, hate, how's that Christ like? Right. You know, something right. like that. You should be uh, underneath praying for these people, not complaining about them on Facebook. You know, anything or, or, hey, look at this, this video, man, Channing is awesome. And they say, ah, no, man is awesome. The, the only thing that's awesome is God alone, holified. And so I'm, I'm really sensitive to that because I find it to be not – the only thing that I hate about it is that it's annoying. You know, I, yeah. mean, I get where they're coming from. Right. I don't want to be corrected by you uh, right. when – you just don't understand the context of what's being said or the tone in which it's being said. Yeah. Now, when it comes to, you know, when, when uh, t- today somebody asked uh, a friend of mine who's a pastor, has anyone seen Jack Ryan? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. I've been, I've been meaning to because I heard it was really good. It's, well, I'll tell you what, Jim Helpert has really upped like the pranks he plays on people. Now he shoots them, but, uh, <laughs> which I kept thinking. I'm like, well, Jim, why are you being so – I couldn't quite get my mind around it. But, but I, I answered and a few other people were like, well, here's some good and some bad. You know, All in all, it's probably worth the time. And then another guy comes in with – another pastor in our same denomination with – my wife and I watched two episodes of it, and there was nudity and language, and it's incompatible with being a Christ follower and blah, blah, blah. And it was very like, here's the final word on it. Right. And in my mind, I'm going, okay, so you're clearly implying that everyone who came before and said, yeah, maybe check it out is not holy, not, not Christ-like. Right. Um, so what, in many cases, you know, there, there are certain things that truly no Christian probably should watch, but that line is hard to determine. And where the line is not completely cut and dried, mm. we have, you know, disputable matters. Right. And so someone saying, you know, I, I come in here and dictate that you cannot watch this and still be a Christian is showing themselves to be the, the weaker brother. Yeah. And at that point, then, um, I guess it's the responsibility of the stronger brother just to say, okay. Right. And, and not get into the argument, not get into the debate yeah. and just say, I won't bring this up because it will offend you. And in the sense of it may cause you to sin. And I certainly don't want to do that. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, and I think I think even greater some of the reasons why I've chosen in more recent years not to engage in those things isn't necessarily for the sake of the brother, even though it should be. It's more for the sake of the unbeliever who's looking on. And I know for me that's become more of my motivation in not engaging in those things is – um, you know, like you said, what what are the unbelievers who are looking on? What what are they thinking about this? And I feel like you know, if I can just not respond, then hopefully that's a better testimony than this person who just responded and condemned, like you said, everyone who came before them for watching whatever it is. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it, it's just it's it's fascinating to me what really gets under people's skin and i feel like really is is that what we're gonna you know is that like i said is that what we're gonna burn our credit on right now when it comes to portraying christ is you know you shouldn't be watching this you shouldn't be doing that um and i and i find it fascinating uh how many times that happens and i'm wondering um, Zach, if you know, as a pastor over the years, different people that you've you know observed and counseled and talked to, um, is it is it almost a lack of maturity? Do you think where where they truly believe that you know this is this is a critical issue of the Bible and and the gospel, and so I have to speak about this, or or is this um, just I, I, I mean, I don't know. What, what, what are your thoughts on that coming from, you know, pastorally? Because I'm sure you've seen and observed a lot more of this, um, you know, working in, in the larger church setting with various people. Yeah, I, I don't know that I have. I mean, I, I, I think this tends to play out most on social media. Mm. Um, and, you know, my church, I'd say a good third to half are not on any form of social media. <laughs> Um, I think that, uh, I think it may be related to both maturity and to personality Mm. maturity in the sense of, I mean, kind of cage stage adjacent type stuff, you know, Mm -hmm. when someone is, you know, either a new believer or like newly passionate about their faith, um, it's the, the reason that we have the Calvinist cage stage thing is because you go, Oh my gosh. All of a sudden, I see that I've been missing something, and I, and I can't get back the time that I was missing it, and so my mission's got to be to make sure that nobody else ever misses it, right? And by whatever means necessary. And I think the same kind of thing can happen when someone's a nominal Christian, mm-hmm. and maybe they they start, you know, attending and getting involved in church more regularly, reading their scriptures, uh, you know, trying to actually live a holy life, where maybe before it was kind of skate by, mm-hmm. and suddenly they see in everyone else their own past mistakes. Mm. So now I have to, it's, it's my job, it's my God-given mission to point them out, to spare them what I can't go back and spare myself. Um, I think there might be some of that. It's like a cage stage situation where, you know, work on you. you know? right, and maybe right. all, all of us as Christians, you know, it's, it's been you know, quote unquote refuted. Even, I think there was even a, um, what, you know, those videos, yeah, um, yeah. about, uh, love sinners and hate your own sin. Right. 
I don't know that that's horrible advice. Right. I mean, we should hate the sin in our culture and we should call sin, sin. Absolutely. Sure. But first and foremost, man, if we were all concerned with ourselves, we'd see a lot less of this going off about these little offenses we see in other people's, you know, they're not even usually the main point of the statement. Right. But something they accidentally might have even said or been a little bit less than precise about. Yeah. Um, if we were more focused on uh, how how I'm becoming more holy rather than how you need to, uh, I probably, you know, we'd, we'd see that. And so it's related, I think, to maturity, but also just some people have a personality, I do, that tends toward enjoying kind of not even like angry arguing just kind of just kind of crossing sabers and kind of verbal fencing for fun. I was on the debate team in college. I, mm-hmm. I think it's just it's fun, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I mean, th- that's how um, in, in certain Jewish traditions, that's how you learn, debating the topics. Yep. It's quite possible that was part of Jesus' religious training. Um, I think the, the thing is not to resort to the ad hominem and when our example for people debating stuff is now the 24-hour news cycle where everyone's basically implying the other person is the devil right we're i don't know maybe we need a moratorium on this in america where we just say we're not going to debate quote unquote anything for a few years and we're just gonna take some time to work on us yeah (laughs) yeah and i and, and i think too the the thing is because i'm i'm very similar to you in that i i enjoy uh, debating with people, I enjoy the um, you know the argument, which is why I had to be so uh, careful when we had um, the the gentleman on um, earlier who who wrote the book on atheism. Um, you know, and, and I went back and listened to that. Careful podcast. with that phrase. Somebody well, wrote the book on something often <laughs> means they're a real expert. <laughs> well, and and that's the thing is, you know, I went back and listened to that podcast, and I was like, you know, I, I let myself get sucked into a debate format more than I really wanted to. And I actually, I appreciate you Zach because you really pulled things more around, um, in that conversation and in that topic. And I I mean, I think it's important to, to realize who you're talking to and to, to make sure that, that they're engaging on the same level as you, because I have a friend, um, I actually have a couple friends who we both, uh, we, we all enjoy that, that debating aspect and, you know, we'll, we'll be talking about something and we can switch views and, in a heartbeat and play devil's advocate. And, but we all know we enjoy that perspective and we enjoy the argument and we enjoy, uh, you know, getting getting different views and, and thinking about things differently and, and having that perspective. And so we understand that. And I remember um, when I was so much younger than I am now, uh, having that mentality and, and then realizing that, oh, not everybody likes this. This isn't, you know, people, people don't enjoy this. Like I'm having, yeah, a when I was about 14, time. I was like, Oh, my mom doesn't like this. Right, right. <laughs> I, I just thought we were having fun here. Yeah. She's next to tears. <laughs> well, it, it's hysterical because I, I, 
one of my friends that I grew up with, he and I were like that. And I, I still keep in contact with him and his folks. And she's like, I remember so many times listening to the two of you thinking you were just in, you know, like your friendship was over because of this. And like, and then you'd be back doing it the very next day and, and thinking the same thing. And it's like, no, we, we loved it. We were just, we were so passionate about what we were talking about. And it didn't matter, you know, which side we were taking. We were just passionate about it because we enjoyed the banter back and forth and we enjoyed listening to the perspectives that came out and and it was it was it was fun and i remember i remember it, it got me into trouble when i was first married and um my wife just looking at me going i am not having fun i do not enjoy this you need to stop um, and, and it took me a while to, to really get out of that mindset and mentality with her that, you know, she's not looking to, you know, for somebody to, to talk with like that. She's, you know, more plain and straightforward and, you know, she, she's looking for, she's not looking for somebody, you know, to jump in and play devil's advocate on something. You know, she just, you know, if she needs to talk, she wants to talk. Just listen, and okay, yep, yep, and and move on. Um, hey, Nathan, don't forget uh, to go back and uh, edit out when you called your wife plain a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> Take it out of context. Yeah, you know, my wife there. is the same way, and I, I, it, it did take a while. I think we were still engaged when I, when I realized this. Just I, unless it's very, very lighthearted, it can't get, it can't get heated. Yeah. in a fun way. Yeah. As, a, as an argument, it's going to seem like a fight. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I don't even know if you know sometimes when you're doing it, Nathan, because do you remember when we were talking to that guy who wrote that book, who self-published the book on atheism <laughs> and you were like, dude, I could crush your windpipe as if it were a styrofoam. <laughs> cup. I, and he was just quiet for a while. I think I edited that out of the podcast. Oh, oh yeah. That was probably a good move. Just so there's no evidence. But I mean, you, <laughs> you, you were going harsh, man. You were going harsh. <laughs> and then I was like, listen, dude, don't mess with Nate. He's a purple belt. That's right. <laughs> He's a purple belt. Oh, man. So, so, so there was another end to your question, right? Which was, uh, I mean, maybe, hold on. Let me, let me, let me jump in a minute with one more thing. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and this is where I have often made uh, a real big deal and had one of those kind of, uh, punctuated equilibrium leaps forward in maturity, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, in other words, just kind of an epiphany of like, geez, man, I've been obnoxious. Yeah. And, and that was, I think it was also a cage stage thing. Where as a, a minister in a particular tradition with a particular outlook on things, meaning, um, you know, listening to the White Horse Inn and reading Modern Reformation, for a long time listening to uh, Chris Roseborough and fighting for the faith mm-hmm. and, and being very, very um, convinced that uh, seeker-driven, uh, felt needs, mm-hmm. seeker-sensitive, this yep. kind of entertainment, draw them in, attractional model church was just so unbiblical and, and just such a, a detriment to the church yeah. that I was just walking around with like, oh, like I emptied a whole bag of chips onto my shoulders and was just like ready to be like, that's not, in a, and like, so, you know, being in circles with pastors of all different varieties, mm-hmm. um, was weird was 
I could easily have a conversation with my friend who's a female Episcopal priest whose uh, theology is actually semi-conservative, whose social uh, views are way out there. Mm-hmm. We'd, never, we'd never argue because we were quite different. Mm-hmm. But then like guys who are in the free church tradition, non-denom churches, other fellow Baptists, yep. they'd get in here with something about, you know, mission driven or that it's it used just the wrong word that I, you know, was convinced was a buzzword for something, yeah. you know, using the world's and, and I, to this day, I do believe, I still believe all this stuff. Right. You know, I don't think it's, you know, you're satanic or anything. I just don't think it's the best way to go. Yeah. But, um, I would, I would really just, I got to the point where a, a guy called me at the church, a fellow pastor and was like, dude, are you okay? I mean, it seems like you are so mad all the time about people who minister from a different point of view than you. Hmm. And I was like, yeah, no, I'm fine, man. I just, I don't like hearing this. And I, and I just kind of shut him down and didn't hear it. And, and like a year later I had to hit him back up and I, I was just like, I think maybe you were onto something. <laughs> I think I, I like the debate and, hmm. and not everyone kind of gets that that's the context. I'm passionate about the subject matter. And the problem is, if somebody comes to me or we're both entering into this thing with the point of view of we're going to debate this topic and here's kind of the, the vibe of it. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. If you're just posting like, Hey, here's an article from Rick Warren's ministry toolbox. And I come out of left field with what are you? Blah, blah, that's not fine. That's, yeah. that's just noxious. And, and so um, that's, you know, in the church, I think like how we do things, Terms that are used, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the minutia and nuance of different polities and stuff. It's we can make too big a deal out of it, yeah. rather than going, guys. The world hates the gospel. We all, at the end of the day, love the gospel, even though it you know it may manifest in different ways. Let's just yeah, link arms and you know right. if we want to debate, fine, that's good, right. that's fine, but. You know, let's not let that get in the way of the latter gets yeah. is less important than the former. Yeah. Um, that I, it, that took me a long time. Yeah, actually, and and I I'm a little embarrassed uh, thinking back to and, and I and I not to pass the blame at all. It was all me, but I was feeding myself stuff that maybe some people can like listen to and read and think about. Yeah, um, you know, and it was just keeping me angry. Yeah, about you know. The, the direction of things. And, and it's probably, you know, Luther said, I'm never more holy than when I'm a little angry yeah. and that's fine, but keep it a little angry, right? right? It'll right. be angry and sin not. You can't yes. let it burn out of control. Yeah. And, and so that was for me, uh, probably making way too big a deal, especially, I mean, it's not even my church. It's like, it's like your church. Yeah. Who, who am I to come in and, and, and right. dive bomb you? You guys are doing it all wrong. Right. But it, I'm not your bishop. I'm, I'm just, I'm a, there's some other schlub over here. I'm nobody. Right. So yeah. That, and, and I'm sure there have been other times where I never had that epiphany where I did kind of the same sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, hopefully I'm not doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. I, one of the things that I, um, observe and I know that this was, um, my issue in, you know, learning more about, um, reform theology and, and, you know, kind of working my way through that. And, and I see it so much now and I, and I've backed off so much, 
um, is people, you know, other brothers and sisters who are not, you know, full on uh, into reform theology, you know, and, and I know some people are going to be like, well, if you're not into reform theology, then you're really not a Christian, blah, blah. It's like, you know what? I had years and years and years of my life where I was not into reform theology, where I did not, I did not put the pieces together of what reform theology actually was, what the sovereignty of God actually truly uh, meant. And, and I'll be honest, I still don't quite understand what it all means in terms of, other than the fact that that God is just overarchingly in control of everything, you know, and he's involved in everything like, but, but how he works that together. And I, I feel, you know, just bad sometimes for the way that I treated people both before I was into reform theology and after, because, um, you know, from the perspective of where I was as an Arminian, just for the easiest term to throw out there, you know, I could out argue my reformed peers. And again, I, I, you know, that argumentative spirit, I love doing that. And, um, you know, at times uh, there, there were quite a few apologies that I had to make to people, uh, during those times because I was not kind in the way I did it. And then I carried that personality kind of over, um, when, learning about reform theology and, and, you know, kind of being like, oh, well, this, this is what it actually means. And, and that understanding finally hitting me. And, and I feel like in the reform circle in general, we do a poor job at acknowledging that, you know, um, our brothers and sisters in Christ who, you know, I don't care if you want to call them unreformed. I don't care if you want to call them Arminian, whatever, but you know, these are our brothers and sisters in Christ who put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. They, they don't understand the full compliment. And even those that do understand it and are just like, I, I, I just, I disagree with you on these points and these points and these points. Like there's just, there's so much, um, fire and you know just vitriol that goes out to um, from our camp into those groups and I, and I find that sad um, at times because I think it's important um, I think there are certain things that um, are are understood better from the perspective of being reformed but at the end of the day you know the we don't have every single aspect of doctrine and theology correct and right. And, you know, to, to extend someone else that and say, you know what, you're just, you're not at that point yet where you, where you understand that, you know, and maybe you never will be. And that's okay. Um, that, that sounds like a little bit of a, a condescending I, approach I know, to it. I know. And, but, but do you, I mean, do you understand what I'm, what I'm getting at and what I'm saying? Well, yeah, you know, I mean, not, you're talking cage stage Calvinism yeah. and it's, it, it's what the hilarious thing is, but not ha ha hilarious is it's a complete lack of extending any grace to someone because you've discovered the doctrines of grace. Right. And it's, <laughs> you know what I think is the ultimate cure for that, dude? What's that? Yeah, I came to it by watching, um, what I thought would be. Uh, something that would kind of feed my my monster in the cage, which was uh, a long documentary called, I've mentioned it before, it's called uh, Amazing Grace, The History and Theology of Calvinism. Mm-hmm. Eric Holmberg put it together. Uh, he's a guy who used to do like Hell's Bells and the the rock and roll stuff. Yep. And uh, it had also, it had D. James Kennedy, R.C. Sproul, it had R.C. Sproul Jr. doing a lot of good work. 
Um, and <clears throat> excuse me, Tom Askell, a lot of guys. And then uh, it, it had a bunch of quotes from Calvin. And I noticed about halfway through, I'm like, there have been like 25 quotes from John Wesley. So I <laughs> jotted down all the uh, the works by Wesley that he cited. Yeah. And I went back and read them. And I went, holy smokes, this guy was so in tune with who God is. Yeah. And, so, and, and such a hero to me at this point um, that, I mean, this notion I had in my mind that you were never going to be, move beyond a certain kind of elementary view, understanding of theology, unless you embraced uh, Reformed theology, went right out the window. Yeah. I was like, there's, there's literally no ceiling on, there, there's no, there's no, um, brand name requirement yeah. for becoming incredibly wise and holy. Yeah. Um, Wesley was just just such a godly guy, and yeah, obviously there's huge differences in theology. Right. Um, you know, perfect perfection, sinless perfection. You know, and and uh, the approach to baptism and stuff. But ninety percent of what he wrote, I can read and be not only encouraged by but challenged by, and want to be, you know. I, I don't want to be more like him because I see that even when he dropped the ball, it mm. just made him want more and more to, to please God. Yeah. And, and he understood grace. You know, the notion of prevenient grace and stuff. And, and I don't think that's, that's right on, but at yep. the end of the day, I think with maturity too, and maybe this is not, maybe this is emblematic. It's not just Calvinism and Arminianism. It's a lot of stuff. Yeah. I feel like the wiser I get, the more I realize both Calvinist and Arminian are describing something they don't, they only see one side of the sphere. Right. And much of the time we're describing the same thing from two different angles. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, you and I as Calvinists are trying to, to understand God's perspective of this stuff because we see it laid out in scripture that way. And I think that the Arminian is, is just, they're looking at it from human eyes going, you know, this is what I see practically happening. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I proclaim the gospel, and when someone makes a decision to put their faith in Jesus, they've accepted the grace that God floated, you know, as like a test drive at them. And, right. and, and I've seen people kind of wake up to that, understand it, and reject it. I've seen other people, and, and they're describing the same sort of stuff that, that Spurgeon acknowledges or that Calvin would. They're just looking at it from the opposite direction. Right. And I think a lot of issues uh, wind up being that way. You know, people talking past each other. Yeah. And instead of saying, maybe if we put your thing and my thing together, some of it's going to be contradictory and we have to acknowledge that, but sure. some of it's going to be complementary and, and we can help each other see. Yeah. Debate doesn't work that way, though, because you're on the defensive. And when you're on the defensive, right. You're, obviously your defenses are up and nothing is getting in. You know, you're right. not you're not actually examining this. Debates are useful for those who are watching, especially the undecided who are watching and listening and yeah. considering. Yeah. Debates are never useful for the people debating, except for to up their chops at debating. Right. And that's why Facebook is such a gong show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, that's, that's why it's important that we just, that we not only, because I do think debate's important. And so I think it's important that we engage in debate and that, you know, we, but I also think it's important that we have friends and we have friends on multiple aspects of, you know, uh, our brothers and sisters in Christ who believe differently than we do in, you know, certain theological. And, and I want to be clear here. Like, I, I think that, you know, we have, we have things that we can't compromise on. I mean, there are things that we look at and we say, okay, you know, this is, this is just gospel central. 
And so we can't really compromise on that. I can still love this person. I can still, you know, um, interact with them and all that, but, but I can't compromise my belief on this. And then I think there are things where we can be like, you know what? I can drop my guard a little bit to see if what they're saying actually makes sense and to, to actually consider and contemplate what they're saying and, and really, you know, choose to look into it and, and, and study it a little further. And I think, I think we're missing a lot of that relational aspect where here's a friend that I trust. Here's someone that I enjoy speaking with and they think about these things differently than I do. Is it so wrong that I, that I consider these things because it's not going to, it's not going to compromise my faith in the gospel in who Jesus Christ is, but it's, it's challenging me to, to look at it from their perspective and say, and sometimes like I know for me, it forced me to go back to my perspective of where I was, um, before I, you know, before I accepted, um, reform theology and be like, oh yeah, you know, I, I do remember the arguments. It's not that I was stupid. I remember the arguments. I remember they were sound. Um, and so I remember where they were coming from. I'm just, I, I see things differently now than I did then. Um, And you remember that when you were making the, argument against reformed theology you loved jesus yes exactly that's important to remember too yeah absolutely that i was still i was still a believer i still you know looked at yes jesus is my only hope he is my salvation there is there is nothing else um so yeah and you didn't think that you weren't thinking in synergistic terms i mean i i admit at one point i went down in the basement of a church and i found that old bulletin board, an old unused classroom at the time, and it had this thing on it that said, salvation, our part and God's part. And it was like, our part is very small. We do X, 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 and we do our part, then that makes God do his part, which is very big. And I tore the thing down and threw it away. <laughs> but that's like 99% of um, Christians, most of whom, if you ask them, are you a Arminian or a Calvinist? They wouldn't even know the terms. Right. If you went through it, they'd be like, well, no, I don't think God decides beforehand whether or not I'm going to believe. Uh, but at the end of the day, they don't think that they're doing a piece of the work and God's right. doing the rest. They just they, – they haven't thought through uh, a lot of you know the, the later chapters of Romans right. um, when, when we read about – uh, God, you know, creating the vessel for common use. They, they, they're, they're thinking about loving their neighbor and telling right. people about Jesus and being able to walk up to someone and say, Jesus loves you. Right. Uh, which, by the way, I don't think a, uh, a Calvinist should worry about that. Like, I don't know if I can tell them that because maybe God doesn't. You know, it, right. I tell people Jesus died for your sin if you put your faith in him. Right. Uh, and, and I know that's a fact. Um, right. So yeah. it's, it's kind of a... Um, you know, you, you get so caught in where you are in that second. You, yeah, you, you look back at yourself and you're like, well, I was probably okay, but this guy, and you right. attribute to them the, I mean, I, I have this funny memory. I don't know how we got on uh, completely on Calvinism, I guess, because it's something we, that Calvinists are, are experts at making too much of something. Yeah. Um, that's probably why we wound up on the topic. But <laughs> I remember being in college in the mid 90s. There was this guy who worked as a research librarian or somewhere, something in the library. He had a PhD uh, from the seminary. He was such a nice guy, and he had cancer in his brain. He got brain surgery, and one eye was always closed after that. And, and so everyone knew him because he walked around with one eye closed because um, they severed the nerve. And I remember someone, one of my profs telling me, uh, yeah, the funny thing, when I prayed for him, 
uh, before they did that brain surgery to remove the cancer, he said, just pray they won't remove my, the part of my brain that has my Calvinism. <laughs> and I remember my, I like, I like kind of like froze. And I remember thinking, but that guy seems so nice. Is he really a Calvinist? <laughs> I, I remember having kind of that, like, wait a minute, that guy's so nice. Why would, how could he believe that, that, you know, in this mean God, that's, that's, you know, just choosing some people and saying to others, you got no chance. And, and, and I mean, I, I've been exactly there. So when someone says that to me, I have to make myself remember. Right. And, and I think the same thing is true when you're on Facebook and you see people who are young, acting dumb, mm-hmm. you know, talking out the side of their mouth. Just and, and, and remember, you know, I, I know what that's like. I can force myself to remember. Right. And therefore, I shouldn't think less of this person because they are what they are at the moment. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the things that I'm uh, constantly going into um, my classroom with now um, as an administrator and reminding my teachers, you know, we it doesn't matter how good we think we were. We were young. We were dumb. We did stupid things. You know, um, we we have rules. We have standards. We need to uphold those. But but let's also remember that they're still learning. They're still growing. They're still you know, developing wisdom. They're still developing in maturity. And it's it's going to take some of those, you know, young, dumb decisions to, you know, for them to get a kick in the head and be like, oh, yeah, I realize I shouldn't be doing those things and um, moving on from there. So, yeah. You know, we're, we're low on time, but I want to address the second half of your question, which was what are the things that Christians should make a bigger deal out of but don't? Mm-hmm. And I think that the one thing that we forget, which is the most important thing to remember, but, but we're so caught up in all this other stuff, is that all those houses that you drive by when you're going to this church, when you're going to work, when you're wherever you're, all these people everywhere eating their dinner, getting up in the morning, driving next to you, a bunch of them, the majority of them are on their way to hell. Yeah. And our job is to tell them about Jesus and we don't we barely make a big deal out of that anymore yeah. and what's funny is I, I i will argue all day long that that reformed theology and and being very theological and and uh, deep um, expository preaching and and in, um inductive bible study none of these things really have in the history of the church um hamstrung outreach or missions or evangelism. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the, my church is named after the greatest Baptist missionary, the first American Baptist missionary, the first American foreign missionary, Adoniram Judson. And he was a hardcore Calvinist. Um, and, uh, you know, we look at people like William Carey mm-hmm. and, and, you know, the notion that we can't fail at evangelism because, because of the doctrines of grace. And even though that's historically true, um, I look around at, you know, the people that were in my life when I was kind of just a a kid at church, youth group kid, Mm -hmm. and we had a lot of passion about reaching the lost. And when I look around at kind of my, you know, curated over the past 10 years, a thousand friends on Facebook, probably 350 of them are just people, you know, Phil Johnson, Frank Turk, and these seven other people were, were, you know, 
friends in common. So we joined up and we we're all, you know, kind of, we're the same breed of cats mm-hmm. and, and we like each other. I don't, I just don't see the passion for reaching the lost and the urgency and the lamenting. Mm. And I'm not, no, those, those two guys I just mentioned by name, I don't mean them. Right. I mean, in general, right. when you're in a, a, a place of just kind of simple Christianity, yeah. um, there tends to be, I think, more of an emphasis on, on that sad fact and that we need to do something about it. Yeah. And when you get into, well, I mean, we've got so much to discuss here and, and we're so learned and we're so, and this is all true and it's deep and it's important. It's easy to let those things push out the, the, you know, just kind of take up the brain space yeah. that used to keep me up at night going, what can I do tomorrow to, to show someone the gospel? Yeah. Yeah. No, and and I agree, and I feel like we, you know, I I feel like we we don't make a big enough deal about about grace because I think if we did, we would understand everything that you're talking about, Zach. That it, it's grace, God's grace in my life that compel, that should compel me to go out and preach the gospel to people. You know that 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 understanding of who I am without Christ, and that there are people all around me who don't know Christ, that is what should compel me to go out there and preach the gospel so that they can experience the same, that same freedom that I've experienced and have that same freedom that I have. Um, and yeah, I agree 100% is, you know, we, we've lost sight of, you know, simply going to your neighbor and, and being like, Hey, do you, do you want to come over to my house Saturday night and have a burger? You know, do you want to, get together and, and, and go out and, and talk and do something. And, um, I have a group of friends, um, that I love getting together with. And, and part of the reason why I love getting together with them is because I know that most of the people who I'm going to be around when I'm with these particular group of friends aren't believers. And so I love it because they enjoy hanging out with me and they, they're confused that, I can hang out and have a good time and call myself a Christian. And so I've had some amazingly fascinating conversations with these people um, in the midst of that. And, you know, saying, you know, I I don't know what your perspective is on Christianity, but, you know, if if you're going to, you know, look at, you know, freedom and, you know, you want to be free and you don't want to be bogged down by, you know, all these things, I mean, that's why I'm free. You know, I, I have the freedom to, to hang out with you guys and I'm not worried. And, you know, they, they know that they can be real around me and they don't have to watch their language and this, that, and the other. And I, I like that. And it's not that I'm any less of a Christian. Some people will hear that and be like, well, you must be doing something because you're not offending them properly enough with the gospel. And I would say, no, I'm not annoying them with the gospel. They know clearly what my position is on certain things. You know, they, they, they'll go and they'll, you know, drink till they're drunk, but they know I won't, you know, and. and Are you talking about Greg Dutcher now? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Oh, by the way, I didn't, I don't know if I told you this, but I've decided to start a a whisper campaign that Greg Dutcher is a secret drinker. (laughs) Uh, There's nothing, there's nothing secret about it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, <laughs> dude we 
<laughs> I got to be careful now. But um, yeah, we used to, uh, when we first started doing the podcast, we used to get together for dinner all the time. And uh, there, there may have been a six pack or two involved. <laughs> oh man, church disciplined. Church. <laughs> when you're uh, the founding pastor, that's <laughs> all you got to do is just if somebody says it, just kick them out, just throw them off the uh, the Marshall. I mean, I mean the uh, throw them off the bus, <laughs> the pile of bodies behind a bus. <laughs> Let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, you remember when Weird Al um, – oh, stop your timer. We're off track. I uh, remember when Weird Al came out with his uh, version of Another One Bites the Dust and it was Another One Rides the Bus? Yes, yes. And another gets on and another gets on. <laughs> can we um, – can, can next episode we just talk about Weird Al songs the whole time? I would love that so much. <laughs> Amish Paradise. <laughs> I feel like Weird Al is an absolute genius of our generation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, just eat it. And, you know what's hilarious? So that dude plays all those instruments, and he's so, I mean, he's ridiculously talented yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. Even if you don't think it takes any talent to come up with the parody lyrics, I think it does. But if you don't, just, just from a point of view of just a musical theory and, and execution, I mean, this guy's yeah. just, he's very good. Yeah. And yet, he, he, he's, a, he's a believer. Uh, he belongs to, at least the last I heard, he belongs to an, a non-instrumental tradition. Oh, wow. So they sing acapella and there are all these I, I believe convoluted reasons why they think uh instruments especially mechanical instruments are kind of of the devil yeah but uh i think it's church of christ non-instrumental or one, one of those i'm good people I, good solid teaching and everything I, I i don't have any beef with them i just think that's kind of funny and I, a little ironic right that uh, this guy that we've all heard you know poke your eyes out yes yeah. <laughs> he's playing all the stuff you hear on his albums yeah but when he goes to church he's just just singing and yeah. I'd pay to hear Weird Al like earnestly without any, you know, tongue in cheek or anything, just singing like I could sing of your love forever. Oh yeah. That, what if he came up be... with a totally straight worship album? No shtick. Oh man. That would be that would be so cool. That that, so cool. you know what? Let's have him on next week and talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> have your people call his people. <laughs> I'll do I'm right on it. Oh, <laughs> uh. Man, actually, you know, it's funny because you you mentioned Weird Al. I mean, another one. I don't remember. I don't know if you remember Mark Lowry and all the oh, yeah. stuff that he did. I mean, all that stuff was absolutely phenomenal. I you know I enjoyed all of his music. I I enjoy good parody songs. I think yeah, he did uh, the Baby Baby where it was all the words from Song of Solomon. Yes, he was yeah. singing them to his girlfriend. <laughs> but you know, there was a group that tried really hard to be like the Christian Weird Al. It was called Apologetics with an X. Oh, and really? I thought they were just a disaster. Like it, the the rhymes and the, I mean, it, it just it was so bad. And like people were like, "Oh yeah, this is great," because that they could listen kind of to the music they liked, yeah. being cup, but not really, and they didn't have to feel guilty about it. And yeah. I'm like, I just listen to the real thing and don't feel guilty about it, man. <laughs> it's easier and it's less corny. I know, I know. Oh man. Well, dude, I mean. We hit the topic. We made it to the end. We, we came out the, the other end. side. Listen, man, we, we should expand. I think we should open hot yoga <laughs> up and down the eastern seaboard, and uh, this place is, is not in danger of going under. We're, we're ready to franchise this thing. Yes. <laughs> Just need a name. That's right. <laughs> 
All right, man. Well, this was uh, this was great. I you know I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I honestly I wasn't sure uh, how much we were going to get out of this. Uh, you know what two I love, weeks later. <laughs> I love that every time we are about to wrap it up, we're about to land the plane. You like like how the God the Father pronounced each day's work <laughs> after he created you know the expanse between the water above and the water below, and he looked at it and he said. Well, this is good. You always do that with our app, and it, it's a nice up way to end it. Like this has been, this has been good. This is great. It's been, it's this been enjoyable. Well, I feel like you know, my, oh. I, I don't know how well it would go over if we got to the end. It was like, all right, well, this was a load of crap. Now, what are we going to do next? <laughs> Once in a while, you know that's true, though. This was iffy at best. <laughs> Maybe I'll try to think about that the next time. Like, just have a really honest assessment about the podcast. Well, you just wasted an hour of your life, and you'll never have it back. We just, we just dropped the cast ball. Oh man! Oh, all right, dude. Well, we're gonna go ahead and sign off now, Zach. We just rocked the Casbah. These go to eleven.